It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, D.C.? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with SB Nation's Bullets Forever writer, Ben Mahich, and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We're your hosts, and you are now Locked On Wizards. Go subscribe to the Locked On Wizards podcast on the Locked On Network Spotify, or Apple Music, wherever you listen. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. We have a great show ahead of us and a lot to get into. But first, Ben and I would like to take a second to acknowledge the events that transpired yesterday in Washington, D.C. We hope everyone that is listening is safe and out of harm's way. Ben, the world has now had a day to process everything that happened yesterday. You have been a part of professional basketball in Washington, D.C. for a long time. What we saw yesterday was truly horrific. Is there anything you'd like to say to the people of D.C. about the attack on our nation's Capitol building? Yeah, Anthony. I mean, yesterday we chose not to record a podcast because I don't think anybody's minds or hearts were were on basketball or really anything else, and in particular the people who live in the District of Columbia I mean, what we witnessed yesterday happened in your in your backyards. Anthony and I don't live in in D.C. yet. We were we were absolutely astonished, horrified by what was going on. I mean, it was an event that none of us could have imagined happening in our lifetime. Uh, certainly not in the United States of America. Certainly not in the Capitol building. And and you all, most of our li- listeners, live just blocks away from the Capitol. And to see that happen in your backyard was certainly traumatic. Something that none of us will ever forget. Certainly none of none of you will forget. So. You're in our thoughts. Um, we, we wish you well, and hopefully, um, you know, we will learn from this, and, and, and such an act will never be repeated in our lifetimes. But um, while this was happening, while everything was transpiring, um, while democracy continued, and, and while another president was certified, thankfully, um, there was basketball still happening in Philadelphia. Um, and the Wizards, Anthony, they, they played the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly, thankfully. So, so the game was able to continue. I'm sure the players weren't entirely focused on it. Yet Bradley Beal still managed to score 60 points in a loss. And let's get right into it, into the 60-point game. Uh, tied Gilbert Arenas' franchise record. Uh, differently, though, did it in a regulation game. And he did it in a loss. Uh, Anthony, what were your thoughts on, on his performance? And, and I guess your general takeaways from... Uh, the greatest scoring output that this team has seen in franchise history. Yeah, he played absolutely amazing. He, you know, he tied Gill. He played, he was sensational through three quarters, 57 points through three quarters. And it, it killed me to see him kind of disappear there down the stretch in the fourth. And just, and that's not on, you know, on, on a lack of effort on his part. He just, nothing was falling for him. He was putting up shots and it just, it, they just weren't falling. And Embiid was just, going off in the fourth so it really was a tough tough loss to to watch and especially with 
with Brad going ballistic. That's probably the best. Yeah, that's that's the best scoring performance we've seen in the NBA this season so far. And it it was great to see. I, I really thought for a second he was going to score 70. I mean, he it, it, it was I mean, he scored. He was almost at 60 so fast. And they really had such a great chance to win that game down the stretch. And it was it just, you know, it killed me to see him, um, you know, miss you know all the shots that he was he was putting up really there he had three points in the in the fourth and really he he had he had two points the majority of the fourth quarter and and he took a couple of free throws with a couple of seconds left to to, and and missed one free throw to give him i thought was um really telling anthony after the game and i want to get your take on this um beal has had not obviously 60 points is his career high but he's had 40 point games um and, and losses and he's had multiple 30 plus point game in losses right right and yesterday after the game he spoke to the media and, and he said i'm pissed off i'm mad i don't count the career highs all they've, they've all been in losses so i don't give a damn you can throw it out the window with the other two or three that i've had right i mean um, of course he's mad why wouldn't at, he be mad? At what point, Anthony, and this is, I think, going to be a common theme, and it's already been a common theme, does Bradley Beal look at the team and say, I've done all I can in this game. Granted, the Sixers are having an outstanding year so far. They're atop the Eastern Conference. He scored 60 points in regulation, and the team lost. I don't think that he – I don't think he thinks that really at all. I think, you know, if if – I don't think he thinks that he did all that he could have. He probably is sitting there – stewing about what how much more he could have I mean that's just what he is he's a killer and there's there's only a select few killers in this league right I mean we got you know Jimmy Butler I mean and and Brad Brad's on a he's, a, he's on a short list of guys that that can just give you 60 on a random night give you 50 whenever I mean you know I mean not not all the time but obviously he's he's one of the most elite scorers in in the game and I just I, I don't think that he's saying that he you know has done all that he could with this team. Absolutely not. He's pissed off that they're two and six. He's pissed off that they didn't have a good fourth quarter, right? I think that he's like just he he is completely in. He he knows that this team can get these wins. He's just pissed off at himself, I, I think, because he knows that. I mean, he's the type of player that can score 60 points in three quarters and still be that mad at himself for not getting the job done because he doesn't care about individual accolades like that. I, I mean, he, he wants, he wants to be on a winning team. Like this team, they say it all the time. They want to win. And especially alongside Russ, I, I th- that's all they want to do. And, and he's, he's rightfully so mad. And, and I feel for him. I, I really do. I, I, I really, I wish those were falling for him in the fourth, but you know, it's, it's a tough loss. And, and you know, I mean, you know, th- they're going to learn from it and grow from it. You know I mean? It, it, the season's still early. So they got a lot of time left to make up for this. And Brad's got a lot more opportunities to go berserk and, and get wins when he, when he drops, you know, you know, big numbers like that. So I don't, yeah, I, I, I think that he's mad for, for different reasons. Um, I don't think that he thinks that's all he can do. He, he's probably, you know, you know, he's probably still, he's never satisfied. Right. Yeah, I really appreciate people like Beal because he has a personality that I don't. You know what I mean? Like, if I scored 60 points in a loss and it happened, 
multiple times basically where he's had 40 point games and losses i'd be like all right screw this i'm done like i'm retiring (laughs) or yeah or (laughs) hey call pat riley get me somewhere sunny and let me win games when i score 50 (laughs) points like i'm exhausted and you mentioned him only scoring really two points he had the free throw at the end there with with three in the the fourth quarter but I wonder how much of that was just straight up pure exhaustion. I mean, he scored 57 right. points through three quarters, and really he was on pace to score like 70, which he really realistically could have. He was more realistically, po- like it was more probable for him to score 70 than it was 60, just because no Absolutely. one saw him score three points in, in 12 minutes, right? Um, Dude, he, and he yeah. only played 38 minutes. That's insane. That's Absolutely. insane. That's the, that's my, my point is with this. And I do worry, and I appreciate Beal's personality, and I and I think you're right. I think he is honestly probably disappointed in himself because his defense wasn't the best, and it obviously didn't close the game for the team. But I do worry because this team has a reputation and has become notorious for kind of wasting players as primes. They wasted John Wall's prime, um, and and now Brad is looking like the best shooting guard in the world right now in this right. season. It's early still, and James Harden's probably still getting in shape because going to strip clubs and eating chicken wings and not going to training camp kind of hurt him, I bet. But yeah, it doesn't look like it. Looks <laughs> like he's doing pretty good, huh? James Harden? I mean, James Harden, right? I mean, he can... It's he James can... Harden, but I think Bradley Beal has been has been better than James Harden this year. And, and I think Bradley Beal has solidified himself I agree with as a shooting guard in the league, at least, you know, through, through early December, early January, or December and early right. January, at least, but... No, he I, has. I do worry. I do worry that at, at some point, and, and we'll talk about this Scott Brooks quote uh, in, in the future segment soon here, but he, he did say like, hey, let's be patient. It's still early. It's still early. We added a superstar and, and, and so on and so forth. But these games are these games are stacking up and, and they're, they're still at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So it, it's time. And I, and I think Beal's doing all he can. Some people cited his defense. Shake Milton scored 19 points in 20 minutes. Not exactly the best defensive effort there, but right, right. That's not all on Brad. I'm sorry. No, I it's not. I can't even point. Uh, I can't even put 1% of the blame on Beal. When a guy's scoring 60 points, Anthony, I'm not even putting 1%. Per- no. Heck, leave Shake Milton open all you want. And if that's your if that's your prerogative and you're scoring 60, so be it. I'm not gonna put any blame on Bradley Beal for this loss. So he scored 60. What the rest of the team score? Like 81, was it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So so yeah, we can't really blame him. And and they they really looked like they were going to get it down the stretch. 13 to one run from the third quarter going into the fourth. And it really, you know. It really looked like they lost it when Russ tossed a tossed an alley oop to Brad and it went off the backboard, led to a turnover, and then that led to an Embiid three point play with like with about three and a half left in the fourth, and that put Philly up six. And it just kind of seemed like that all their energy was sucked right out right there and then. And they weren't they weren't knocking down shots. I mean, you know, Bertans he hit a couple in the fourth, but still like you know. It was it was tough down the stretch. Shots weren't falling, and Russ left with about well, he left with about thirty seconds left in the game with a dislocated finger. So it was it was a rough fourth quarter for for Washington. I guess I mean how you know how do they bounce back? We got we got a game against Boston coming up, huh? And I think what we can't also underestimate is Philadelphia is is right now the best team in the Eastern Conference. And the Wizards were down by double digits, and they came back and gave themselves a shot to win. So it's not like all is lost because they lost to the 76ers. It's not like they lost to the Bulls or or 
uh, some other bad Eastern Conference team. I, I think they look competitive against a really good team in the East, and that's reason to be to be hopeful for the future because most Twice. teams in the, exactly, and most teams in the East aren't aren't the 76ers. Very very competitive, but most aren't the 76ers. But uh, right, right. Yeah, we can get into a little bit more in the in the rotations and and what Scott Brooks said after the game, which kind of raised some eyebrows. But right, do you want to first tell right. us about? Yeah, sure. Uh, about Right, yeah, we got so much more to get into about Brad's historic night and the tough loss to Philly, but first I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads towards the national championship with a huge matchup. NFL regular season just finished up with the playoff right around the corner. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Justin Fields shut Dabo Sweeney up on New Year's Day, and now Ohio State is set to take on Bama this Monday for the national championship. Who is your pick? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, DC. You're still locked on Wizards here with Ben Mahech and myself, Anthony Cittadino. Ben, there's so much to get into about this loss to Philly, um, you know, through the rotations and and trouble with, with Thomas Bryant. But what's your initial take that went wrong for Washington down the stretch? I mean, it's this common thread where they just, right now, they just don't really have a guy and, and – with all due respect to Beal, he hasn't shown to be the player that can close games. And through no fault of his own, I think a part of it is the fact that he's carried the team for most of the game and then having being pressured and being triple teamed on the stretch and then being asked to score when the game matters most is kind of a really difficult ask for anybody in the NBA, including the best of the best, right? It's kind of a tough thing to ask of a player. And they don't they lack the sort of role players to to close games down the stretch. They don't have the veteran players. And I also think um, they are still kind of getting used to each other. I think there is I think there is something to that with Scott Brooks mentioning that. But I think they're I think Scott needs to be amendable, I think, with his rotations. Um, admit when he's made mistakes, I think, and correct his mistakes. One thing he said after the game that I think was a little bit eyebrow, eyebrow raising, he said something to the effect of this isn't the everybody plays league. Not everyone's going to get minutes. Right. Uh, the team gave up 19 points to Shake Milton, and they gave him 19 points and, and without really much restriction, right? They're, like he scored at will as if he was a prolific scorer in the NBA when he's you know, a solid role player that comes off the bench. Right, right. In 20 and, minutes, he played great. 
20 minutes, 19 points. And, and that's the thing with the Wizards. Like that, you can't win. It, it sucks because Brad Beal is putting out so much effort offensively and then asking him to play elite level defense is, is an impossible ask. Right. And there's no one in the NBA who carries as much of a load as Bradley Beal. That's why I think Brooks needs to lean on players that he knows he can count on defensively. Right. Jerome Robinson isn't as good of a defender as Isak Bonga, and he's not as great of an offensive player where his offense offsets his bad defense. He's a streaky shooter, and he's a capable shooter when he's open, and he and he hustles. But Isak Bonga has shown to be one of the best perimeter defenders on the team, and I think if he just gave him an opportunity to play against a player like Shake Milton, they would have had a better chance to win and close games down the stretch because ultimately – they need to play. You need to have guys on the floor who can defend. And the Wizards are repeatedly the second year in a row where they've been the worst defensive team in the NBA. Right. And and that kind of, I mean, reminds me of what Philly did with Matisse Thibel. Uh, you know, in the second half, it, it seemed like Doc switched him to guard Brad. And, you know, he didn't do much offensively, but but on the defensive end, I mean, he, he played really well in the fourth against Brad, at least. I mean, from, from how he shot in the fourth, really. I mean, I thought he had, you know, some good looks, but still, I mean, right. We, you know, we're talking about guys that aren't seeing the floor anymore. I mean, we still now Troy Brown is out of the rotation. What is, I mean, you know, he's a very capable scorer. He's a great player. And now, I mean, he was getting 20, 25 minutes a game and now we're not seeing him at all. What does that mean? I mean, are we going to see Troy Brown at all in this stretch against against Boston, Miami, uh, you know, Phoenix, Utah? We got they got tough, tough teams coming up. I mean, Troy Brown, if he's still not coming off the bench, and Isak Bonga is still not coming off the bench, I don't know. I mean, does are, are they not going to see time for the rest of the season like that? Are are, are they going to be like really, it, it really? It wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't shock me if Troy Brown is kind of relegated to the bench for the rest of the year. And it sucks. It's a disappointment because they did have a lot of hope for him this year. And I think they just didn't give him a real shot or a real role to, to succeed. And, and it's kind of off-putting that we're even talking about this right now because he's out the rotation this early in the season where it's early January when you're talking about it as if he, he did something uh, that warranted him um, getting, you know, essentially thrown out of the rotation. And... <laughs> And I think he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because he's not probably as good of an open standstill shooter as Jerome Robinson. And he's not as good of a defender as Isak Bunga. So he's stuck in the situation where they don't really have a role for him because he's he, his role is best used as a point guard. And the Wizards refuse to play him at that position for whatever reason. They just love Ish Smith. So he's kind of just relegated to the bench. And, and finding time for him is going to be impossible so it, it will be really interesting to see how they proceed with him. They did pick up his contract option, but that, look, there are teams around the league who could use who use Troy Brown, and, and I think there's teams around the league that think he's a valuable young player. I mean, I've spoken to to other executives around the league. Last year, I spoke to someone from the Grizzlies, and they said, "Yeah, Troy Brown has a has has value, and I think he has a skill level that um, has quality in the NBA. A, a six seven guard with oh, yeah. who can pass and handle the ball is, is valuable. Someone's going to pay him." Yeah, someone's going to take a chance on him, I think, if the Wizards fail to do so, and, and they'll see him thrive elsewhere, and it's a disappointment. But, yeah, I, I think I think to give themselves a chance defensively, if you're not going to play Troy, you have to at least at least play Isak Bonga. Absolutely right. And we we got so much more to get into about the rotations and questions surrounding Russ in, in these upcoming games. But before we get into more of that, um, in the upcoming slate for the Wizards, stay tuned. 
and we'll be right back after this break. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tomorrow on Locked On NBA, join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mars of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you some game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast today and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, DC. You're still Locked On Wizards here with Ben Mehich and myself, Anthony Sitter. You know, as we look ahead to Washington's next game against Boston and really the slate, you know, leading to Miami, Phoenix, and, and Utah – Right now, Russ is questionable with a dislocated finger. And as the Wizards are currently ranked as the third worst team in the NBA in terms of winning percentage, do you, Ben, do you think they can get this win if Russ is out, or do you think they fall to two and seven? Winning without Westbrook against a team like Boston or even the other teams that are coming up, the Miami and Phoenixes of the world, is going to be really difficult. Oh, yeah. And I think it's also important that the Wizards. And maybe they have internally, but at least publicly they haven't. Right now, members of the media, people who speak to the team every single day, aren't really sure what the schedule is with Russell Westbrook. I mean, today Scott Brooks said, you know, Russ might play both games coming up. He might not play any games coming up. It's just to be determined. And as we talked about last podcast, it's really important for the team to get into some sort of rhythm, to find a flow, to know their roles, and to, you know, get to learn each other. Scott Brooks has talked about, you know, we don't, we still haven't really figured out uh, who we are and we added a superstar player, but it's really hard to find your flow as a team to get into a rhythm, to gain chemistry on the court, because chemistry off the court isn't an issue with this team at all. On the court, it's an issue. How are you going to find that chemistry when Russell Westbrook is playing one game, isn't playing the next, might miss the next two, right. might play the next two, who knows? I think they have to be a little bit more transparent there. And yeah, without Russ, I think it's, it's just going to be a really, really difficult hurdle to get over Boston. It will. And, you know, right. We're talking about guys playing with each other, especially these rotations. Now, Denny Advio, we didn't see him in the fourth at all. We hardly really saw him in the second half. Um, after Scott Brooks has praised him and, you know, said, he, you know, he's earned this. He's earned that starting position. You know, that that's his. We didn't give him anything. He earned it. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Denny's, you know, he's you know super high paced and, and I mean, you know, really, really energetic off the, off the bench. And we didn't see him down the stretch in the fourth. Do you think, do you think Scott was just trying to keep that, that rotation in there with, with, with DB to try and get, you know, try and make some threes down the stretch? Or do you think there's something uh, along the lines with, you know, something wrong with, you know, Denny's um, defensive abilities? That's, that's where 
I hope the team doesn't think that because he's probably been their best defender this year. Just because Bonga has been out the rotation and hasn't been able to play and, and hasn't shown right. much of his right. defensive prowess. But I, I think Denny has looked outstanding defensively. And generally, I think he's looked very poised and, and, and natural for a rookie. He hasn't really looked like a rookie. He's rarely made mistakes. He's done what he's been asked to do. He's played solid defense. He's hit open jump shots. I mean, he needs to be on the floor. Right, and exactly. Right, in, in crunch time, don't you want your best defenders out there? In crunch time, Scott, that's... I, I think you've learned this quickly, Anthony. Scott Brooks loves, loves Ish Smith. I think if Scott Brooks... Right, he was playing him there coaching, with Russell Law. Yep. If he ends up coaching Washington for the rest of his life or he ends up on a different team, <laughs> Scott Brooks is going to be a coach that he wherever he goes, I think he's going to look for Ish Smith or a player like Ish Smith. I mean, he has affinity for that sort of player because I think Scott Brooks sees himself in Ish Smith. They're both scrappy, small point guards. Um, I, I really do. I think I think he sees oh, a lot no, of himself in sure. Ish Smith. And, and he's really given him, um, and with all due respect to Ish Smith, a much bigger role than he should be playing, especially if the team expects to be a competitive team. Denny should be getting those minutes. They should be playing their starters in, in the fourth quarters, especially right. with a player like Denny who who has shown to be a contributor at, at 20 years old, just turned 20. Um, they need to have him on the floor. I mean, he's a long-term piece, and he could end up being uh, the second or third best players in the not-too-distant future. Right. That's. I mean, that's so so true. I mean, he he could be a, a long-term piece for a, for a very long time. And you know, before we we really you know get more into the to the to the games ahead, uh, can, I'd love to talk about Thomas Bryant last night. You know, against against Embiid, and I know we talked about this a lot. You know, leading up to it. So now, here we are. Right. After a second game against Embiid, you know, not another hot night. Um, he he played thirty. Well, let's call minutes. it what it is, Anthony. He got lit up. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean, I right. He it wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good. I mean, Embiid went. He went off in the fourth, and yeah. and it was. I mean, as a basketball fan, right, you got to give him props. He he's one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league, right? And Ben Simmons played a great, great game um down the stretch defensively he he really really did and i know i give him a lot of grief but he played he he did play sensational down, down the stretch on, on the defensive end thomas bryant this is concerning right because because we're talking about this team being a you know this is a team that's very very possible of turning this around i mean two and six star is not good but turning this around to, to become a playoff team and to compete with you know some of some of the best centers in the east and so far, Ben, Thomas, you know, Thomas Bryant, he's, he's been worked by, by Embiid. Uh, I guess what it, are, are you concerned by this or is this, I mean, you know, Thomas Bryant, he's still a young guy and I know Embiid is too. And he's one of the, he's one of the best centers in the league. Is this concerning for you? Or, I mean, is this, is this just, I mean, are these just growing pains throughout the season? I think there's a great philosopher who once said, there's level to this ish, man. There's <laughs> levels to this man. You got players like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, even Rudy Gobert to a certain extent, who are in the first tier, the first class of NBA centers. And I apologize to anybody I've forgotten that list. But to me, those are the top three centers. Joel Embiid right there, number one. You forgot about Boban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boban is number one in our hearts. Yes, yes. But Joel Embiid is undoubtedly, I think, the best center in the NBA. And when and he's he took notice. He's a basketball junkie. He saw the scouting report. He knew Thomas Bryant was on a tear. He was playing amazing basketball. So what did Joel Embiid do? He said, hey, Thomas, 
nice run. I'm going to go out and show you that I'm the best center in basketball and you need to slow your roll a little bit. And that's totally fine. This is the progression of a good young player. Thomas Bryant is, is only 23 years old and he's progressed at a very high rate. Uh, you know, three years ago, he was getting waived right, uh, with right. the Lakers. So he's shown to be a productive NBA player. And look, I'll let these happen. He'll learn from it. I thought he defended him pretty well and he just got scored on. And that's what that's what happens with good with, with the excellent Hall of Fame type players like Joel Embiid is. He's just gonna score at you on at will when he when he's in that zone and when he cares. Joel Embiid is one of the best players in the world, and, and Thomas Bryant got a taste of that. So are you concerned? Um, I, I'm not too concerned, right? We, you know, Embiid. You seem disappointed get... though. I, I feel like you wanted Thomas. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm disappointed in Thomas. I mean, Thomas is a great player. I'm just disappointed in, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he only took six shots, right? And, you know, he, he, I predicted he was going to make a couple shots from, from outside. He went over two and, and it's tough watching a guy like him go up against a great team like Brooklyn and, and be so, you know, dominant, obviously they don't have, a player like Embiid at his position, right? But I I know Thomas Bryant can play can play Embiid so much better. I I mean, I, I just I know I feel it seems like I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I think that Embiid may have caught him on two off nights. I really truly oh, do. Oh, okay. I but do. listen, we'll get kind of confirmation here because he has Bam Adebayo coming up. He's got right DeAndre Ayton coming up, and he's right. got Rudy Gobert coming up. Oh boy. So oh boy. he's playing three, four of the best five centers in the league back to in, in, in you know, in uh, unison there in, in consecutive order. Right. I mean, I think if we're, if we see maybe he caught him on an off night or maybe Thomas Bryant isn't really at this level yet. Right. And either right. way, I think that's a totally fine thing. I don't think that's an indictment on who Thomas Bryant is as a player at all. You miss you call the missed shots. It's fine, right? And I think this is also a concern, not not a real concern, but I think it shows that Thomas Bryant has to do a better job of making an impact when his shot's not falling. Because when he's going seven for seven, ten for ten, he looks like an all star. It's fantastic. But how can you impact the game when you're not making shots? And all these players we mentioned, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, they do it on the defensive end. They right. they do they make plays that don't necessarily translate to the box score. They deflect shots. They they uh, deter players from the basket. Uh, they set hard, great screens to get players open. So for Thomas Bryant to reach that level, for him to actually play like an all-star at a consistent level, he's got to start doing those little things. Right. I'm not saying you know he's like he's like at that at that point where he's going to be consistent to like that elite all-star level yet. But I I know I I truly believe that he on any on any given night. I mean when he's having when he's feeling it when when he's having a good shooting night, he can play well against big guys like that. And we have tests coming up, like you said. Um, it's it's going to be tough. I'm super excited for this stretch. I don't know about you. I am excited just because you're right. You said this in the other podcast. The Wizards are capable of competing and beating anybody on any given night. And I think they are. You, sh- you We saw that all throughout the season. The record is what it is. It's a bad record. But they haven't gotten blown out in any of these games. They were on the verge of getting blown out by Philly. Super but, competitive, man. But they're competitive, and, and, and they've given themselves a shot. So I think you're right. That I'm excited, too, because these teams – Utah in particular, they can slip sometimes. And, and Phoenix has some holes, as does Miami. They haven't had the best season this year either. So there is a chance for the team to win. There is. Absolutely. There really, really is. And, you know, what? if we get down the season and, you know, 
you know, down the road. And if, if they start losing to the Knicks, I'm going to be so sad. I, I, the Knicks are good this oh, year. Oh, Come God. On, oh, God. Let's I'm gonna, guys, I'm let's go through locked on Knicks, guys. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's get it together. We'll, we'll, we'll do a show with locked on Knicks. Why not? But, I mean, I, it still will just make me sad. Before we end this podcast, and you mentioned the Knicks, I got to talk about – I just got to briefly mention Austin Rivers. To all the diehard Wizards fans know what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. Austin Rivers looked – to no – maybe it is – you know what? I'm putting the fault on Austin Rivers. He looked horrible in Washington. They traded the great marching Gortat for him. Broke my heart. The great- and, and Austin Rivers came to Washington and forgot how to play basketball. He gets waived by Phoenix after that trade. And then he ends up getting signed by the Rockets and learns how to play basketball again. And now he's on the tear with the Knicks. Why does this always happen to the Wizards, man? This, uh, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, right? We, we saw Austin Rivers. He came off the bench. He played, look at this, 32 minutes. Well, yeah, he had five for seven from three. He he played well. I don't know if he's had if he had a, a game like that in a – in um a Washington uniform, but but no, it is no, it is no, good to see you. the Knicks uh, do well, especially against a team like the Jazz. Yeah, and that, that's our. I think if if the Wizards do end up losing to the Knicks at any point in the season, we'll end up recording the saddest podcast of all time. One of my favorite Knicks Wizards memories, and then I think we could wrap it up here, was the Bradley Beal. I believe hit a game winning jump shot, and um, I forget who the coach was at the time. It might have they, been Mike Woodson. And, had 80 in two years. <laughs> right. They forgot who the coach was, let alone me. I think it was Mike Woodson. I believe it was. Because Carmelo Anthony was still on the team. They were down, but they had a timeout. I think they were down like four, four. They were down three, and they had four seconds left on the clock or something like that. And Mike Woodson just forgot to call a timeout, and they just like kind of – Carmelo just kind of like threw up a half-court shot. And everyone was like, <laughs> did you guys just tank on purpose? Like what? What like did it. Mike Watson say at at um, during the timeout? Like guys, or didn't even have a timeout, so everyone was probably just staring at him. Like call it, and it like, seems hey. like a classic Knicks sequence. And it happened. It was. I remember tweeting like this was so Wizards, but for the Knicks. Like what are you doing? Like that's yeah. we're supposed to do that, you know. <laughs> so guys, we have we have a difficult slate coming up: Miami, Phoenix, Utah. But we're remaining optimistic. We think the Wizards can get all three. Anthony, any predictions? Are we going to stick with our optimistic approach and say they get all three or what? I am going to stick on. I'm going to stick with the optimistic train. I they're going to jump back into the win column. I hope Russ is able to play. If he doesn't play, I'm still going with the win. I still believe they can beat Boston. You know, a man right. down. So. So, so yeah. we got Boston. I got a win too. DC, thank you guys for listening. And uh, I know the circumstances certainly don't lend themselves to humor and and, um, and laughter or any of that sort of feeling. But we appreciate you for listening. I hope we we served as a reprieve um, or some sort of takeaway from, from the events that happened. And, and we hope you guys stay safe and take care of yourselves, whether that's just taking care of your mental well-being. Take a break. You deserve it. And you're in our thoughts and you'll continue to be in our thoughts. So thanks for listening, Anthony. You got anything else? Absolutely. DC, stay safe. We love you. We appreciate you. We can't wait to rock with you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.